This podcast is sponsored by Xgrowth. Xgrowth is the APAC ABM agency. If you and your organization are looking to land and expand enterprise mid-market deals, Xgrowth is the agency to help. Xgrowth works with a wide range of international and global technology vendors, service providers, and B2B SaaS companies. If this sounds like some of your interests to know more about, make sure to check out Xgrowth at xgrowth.com.au. That's xgrowth.com.au and chat with the APAC ABM agency. What's up, marketers, and welcome to another episode of the Growth Colony Podcast. I'm Liza from Xgrowth to tell you that each episode we bring in B2B leaders to chat about how you can achieve those everyday wins in the marketing world. Whether you're new to the B2B game, working at a leadership level, or even just showing some interest, we know you'll love the episode. So grab a drink, get comfy, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm Shaheen Hoda with Xgrowth, and today I'm talking to Ed Brelt, Chief Marketing Officer at Aprimo, about how the marketing team at Aprimo are leveraging generative AI tools like ChatGPT in their day-to-day marketing activities. I'm super excited about this conversation. This uh, this generative AI stuff is is quite hot, and I feel like Ed, everybody is is kind of looking at Hey, how can I leverage this? What what are other people doing? So very excited to uh, to have this conversation. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, really excited for our talk. Okay, well let's let's dive right in. I I'm I'm really curious. Like at a high level, let's 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 go high level and then we we'll go deeper into into the topic. What are some of the areas that you've seen generate AI or ChatGPT being useful for you and the and the team at the company? Yeah, it's um, it's pretty tremendous in terms of its impact and where it can be used. It's also has already impacted, I'll call it some traditional forms of uh, brand management. We've actually put in generative AI uh, prompt snippets into our brand guidelines. So it's like it's it's not just being used as some sort of ancillary tool to help with copy or text variations. You know, everything from like email subject lines to building cadences and messaging, but we're actually creating the reusable building blocks for our creators, for our the rest of our organization to then use these branded brand specific prompts, brand specific prompt snippets to use in ChatGPT and or other generative AI platforms. Interesting. Interesting. Is it possible maybe to talk about an example of, of like what that would look like? Yeah, absolutely. So you can set the tone of your brand voice. So we'll put that in there. And so there's reference to the, the tone uh, of the brand. And let's say, for example, we wanted to have ChatGPT generate for our, let's take one business discipline, our business development function the outbound cadences that they write, the call scripts, the email messages, the social touches, they'll go into chat GPT and they'll, they'll have a general framework of what they want to produce. And we're doing a lot of experimentation right now, but let's say we wanted to set up and create a 30 day or 45 day 
as short as 15 day, you know, pick your duration that's best cadence to, let's say we want to follow up on a lead magnet where somebody had downloaded one of our white papers or for a primo, it's digital asset management, our buyer's guide, or they completed um, a, um, they went through an, uh, an interactive product tour and we want to keep the conversation going. The context of the cadence would be that we could put in a prompt that's contextual to, hey, you performed a interactive product tour, and then you could put that into the prompt and have ChatGPT generate a, in this case, I'll say 15-day cadence with multiple touches for, on email, a phone call, social touch, a video, and then you put that in there and it will spit the, the framework for you back. And then they're doing that. And then they'll put, I'll call it the human touch on it because never would we just ship purely from uh, the output. And, you know, we've, we need to add some like finishing touches, so to speak, or implement some, you know, very specific value propositions that we would want to, to include. And then we get that framework and then we'd run variations of it from an AB test standpoint and see which ones are better. And then you get the champion and then you build another challenger against it and continue the sort of scientific test. And what's amazing about it is the speed which you can get that done. Cause you can do that in a matter of seconds and minutes versus days and need to leverage copywriters and messaging experts. When it's all right there, you could pop it in and you're building our business development teams able to build messaging really just in time and can execute super fast. Wow. Wow. That the, the question that that brings up is what about training? Like how are you going about that making sure that the team is well trained and they're they're across like how to leverage ChatGPT? Have you have you put something in place for um for that? Yeah, absolutely. We started we were very early adopters uh, of it uh, back, you know, end of last year, like as soon as it came out, we were uh, in there experimenting and seeing what it could do and just having like general fun with it, having it tell us what our value proposition was in as spoken by Santa Claus, you know, given, you know, the, the time of year it was. And so I had a lot of fun with that. Then we also moved, sort of moved out of this like fun exper experimentation mode to get into practical application. We manage our business with objectives and key results. And the first quarter of the year had my team explicitly use ChatGPT to find value. And so sort of, it was a forcing mechanism to learn it. And every week I was, you know, asking them, you know, how are you finding efficiencies? What did you use ChatGPT for today? Share that. And uh, then we've also started to implement some policy around usage. So it's becoming more formalized. So really it started with have some fun with it, then formalize it. And we now have, given this thing is moving sort of as we're moving and it's moving so fast, we're, we've got real time sharing across the team of how it's being leveraged, use cases, successes. And it's not like some long drawn out formal marketing or sales enablement function is we're learning this and sharing in real time as some early, uh, early adopters. Were there any external kind of trainings or resources that you and the team leverage for, for this? 
Or it was all Absolutely. experimentation? It was a, a heavy experimentation, but then of course, you know, we're self-educating, right? So we're, there's a lot of folks out there that are sharing prompts, best practices. There's lots of videos out there today, you know, just going into like YouTube, doing a search for it, you know, traditional searching, which is like this new thing, like could, could chat GPT sort of kill search? I don't know. It's a whole debate right now. I don't, I don't think so right away, but, and uh, yeah, there's just been so many tools available now. So we're self-educating and, you know, folks on the team have like this growth mindset and uh, super curious to find it out. But, uh, you know, watching videos, there's several folks out there who are sharing prompts, uh, especially like directly on LinkedIn. There's folks sharing, you know, prompts specific to various uh, marketing disciplines. So we'll grab those. We're aggregating all the knowledge uh, locally and um, and formalizing on our our shared sites uh, internally. Love it. So yeah, it's a new, whole new dimension of skill set that needs to be proficient on the team. Love it, love it. Um, curious, any any names that you can kind of recall, or uh, or it's just been kind of this this um, ongoing process that you see some here, some there. But really curious if there are like certain names that you like. I really like the stuff that this person puts out, or or the kind of content that they produce. Anything comes to mind? I don't really. I don't know that anybody yet is sort of like achieved the badge of like the foremost uh, thought leader on the topic. I think there's so many folks that don't have like that traditional thought leadership position out there yet. It's really the everyday. Yeah. Yeah. I really think so. I think it's like really super early. And what about what? Tell me a little bit about how you're leveraging it for copy and creative. You you talked, touched Mm -hmm. on this a little bit, but very curious to to hear a little bit more about how you're leveraging it for uh, for those two. Yeah, I think um, early stage ideation for pretty much anything. It's a fantastic co-pilot for you. Early stage ideas, and it can help you generate, like I mentioned earlier, a cadence for for outbound marketing. Ideas for blogs, ideas for blogs, a blog series, as an example. Actually, a f- I've had it produce a full content calendar, a full editorial calendar on specific topics, which has been fun to experiment with. You've used it for call scripts. Here's something, here's like a magic usage of it. In terms of personalization, it can, if you know your buyer persona, if you know those titles that you're going after, so does ChatGPT. So it can help you sort of find the what would be relevant in an outbound message and then work with it, prompt it, keep it keep it directed and you can fully tailor a message based on a persona in your ideal customer profile. I think that's been like tremendously uh, valuable. So yeah, early stage ideation has been great. I've used it for taking a version of something that exists and changing it for a different persona. So you get your core message and now change it, you know, create this for the CMO. Now create the same thing for a CIO, create the same message for a CTO, and then on down, create the same message for a designer that let's say you're targeting a designer, create the same message for an operations leader, create the same message for, you know, insert whatever personalized persona-based message you want to create. And it will do that very quickly for you. Yeah, just tremendous utility there to take a message and tailor it specifically for who you're going after so that it resonates uh, and hits 
on their specific pain points. Uh, yeah, it's really valuable. Ed, do you find that you're using ChatGPT, the, the, the usual platform or the, sorry, the, the front end of it? Or have you gone, you know, in the daily usage that you, you and the team have, are you also accessing the back end and the API and the area that allows you further personalization, customization of, uh, of whatever you're putting? What is your usage like from, you know, in terms of ChatGPT's platform? Yeah, absolutely. So we actually integrated uh, through the API ChatGPT right into a Primo. We actually use a Primo out of Primo for digital asset management. And so what we can actually do is have it create right within a workflow variations of, uh, of copy that are then would go through review. So we can actually have some brand protection management with regards to that, uh, that asset that's, that's been tailored through. And then what the beauty of that is you can see the, the content that's synthetic versus human touched. And so a human could actually address and see the, what, what of the uh, content that was created in the platform is, is synthetic or machine generated that needs to be reviewed and be, being given that human touch. So yeah, we do it right within our platform as well. And those assets then get put out in various different campaigns and on our website, et cetera. But then absolutely, we'll still go into right within the, uh, the UI of ChatGPT. I've actually got several sort of uh, prompt overlays that folks have produced. So you can actually flip some switches right within ChatGPT and get some best practice prompts put together right for you. So yeah, I've been using both. Tell me a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about your, your, your prompt overlays. Yeah, so I think the one I have right now is AI PRM, chat GPT prompts. It has everything from the various topic. So you could picture your topic. It could be marketing. There's one for SaaS. There's one for SEO. There's one for software engineering, software applications. So these general like topic categories. Of course, I'm always using marketing. The activity that it's in could be, so this starts to set the context for the prompt, marketing, partnerships, places or media channels, positioning products, research, segment or audience, startup ideas, web development, of course, and then writing. And then you can, there's, there's sharing prompts out there. So you can actually see like top viewed prompts, top voted prompts or latest updated. And then you can actually flip some switches and get how do you want your outputs from a language, um, a translation standpoint? There's English, of course. There's Dutch. There's there's whole wow. There's uh, you're there's looking at it as, as we go. I love it. There's about fifty languages. Yeah, I mean that's a major use case too, which is like you want your output translated or take a message and, and translate it, which is fantastic. Okay, um, and, the and writing style. And, yeah. and so, wow. sorry to interrupt. For those who don't know what a prompt overlay is. Can you just, can you just describe that very quickly as well? Yeah, absolutely. It plugs right into chat GPT and it's, it's sort of like predefined prompt management. So prompt management, of course, is going to be a whole new skill set that we've all got will be prompt writers, etc. But it's like a plugin that fits right into chat GPT for, for you to very quickly build prompts, pull them together, and you know, for the various use cases, scenarios, personas that you have, yes. Yeah, and and have you, 
Have you have you done that at a you know at, at at the company level as well? It sounds like with the with with the with the brand guidelines is are there like fixed prompts and like hey put this in so that you will you will prepare the AI for then your later questions that you want to ask is that is that correct? Have you kind of gone to that level? Exactly. Yeah. So. So the snippets are the, you know, use this body copy, use this tech. When you we describe a certain product, use this product description. Whenever you're targeting a certain individual, use, you know, target these individuals, use this specific tone. So anything you would see in brand guidelines, we've actually updated and put those snippets in there and given direction also included our, the, our policy. So that's been, yeah, super valuable. I mean, if, it, you know, any, any company who manages owns a brand right now, you probably have brand guidelines. This is definitely a new dimension to uh, your brand guidelines, which is prompt management. We've done that. Yeah, it's uh, the other thing too. It's like w- we do this, but then we work with companies as well who have a modular content strategy. And back to that idea of translation and localization, oftentimes a major challenge is you've got a content piece. And it has the various sections where you can fit copy into, like in a copy block. If you want to translate that and change the language, sometimes it's not going to still fit in this copy block, so you have to change the whole template. But with ChatGPT, what you can do is say, translate this body copy and keep it within X number of characters, which is super cool. So you can, so rather than it, one of the biggest problems is I've got to change the whole template format in but no, you can actually fit it now into this box right here, this block or you know this text box, and it it's really changed and eliminated that full like localization translation problem that we've had of the past. Yeah, because then so you we're now to... solving problems. Yeah. No, please go for it. We're solving problems now that we didn't have. Yeah, because before before and... you had to go get the designer now involved. We've got to change the layout of this, and it's not exactly. doesn't fit. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that's it's, that's it, amazing. It was yeah, pretty in, invasive before and now it's 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 made modular content, translation of of uh, language so much uh, simpler. And if somebody is looking to leverage ChatGPT or, or another generative AI platform, what would be your advice? Where should they where do you think they should start? Uh, experimentation, like wear an experimentation hat and get playful. I think with it, see what it can do, test it, use it. Like you're trying to break it, I would say, and push its limits. Then the other thing is do that in like a safe environment and call it a sandbox before anything gets out to market or goes through your, your, your organization. Because, you know, a lot of challenges that brands will face now is, how much synthetic content is flowing through my content supply chain. So that needs to be very much thought through. But I think, yeah, being being willing to experiment and see what it can do and test it and push its limits is really, I think, a, a great mindset to have right now. And then have a, have a discussion uh, across teams because this is changing. This is fundamentally changing roles. It's having folks who used to do things no longer need to. It's outsourcing parts of our brain to... Generative, generative AI, the humans are having to evolve and change. And I think as leaders of organizations, give them permission to experiment, let some of the, some of it settle 
ask how it fits into their day-to-day, how some of the things they used to do, they'll no longer need to do because that will free them up to do more human-like things like strategy and creative. So I, I think that's my advice. I would start with the intentions of experimentation. Got it. Got it. What are what are some of the mistakes that you think you made early on when trying to leverage G, uh, ChatGPT and you had to kind of optimize that and you're like, mm, this doesn't work or, you know, I not that you make a mistake. I mean, you put a prompt in there and you, it gives a result for you, but it, it wasn't giving you the satisfactory results. Does anything come to mind? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that you have to do with it is constantly keep it on track because it will drift on you very far. So uh, what I mean by that is if you're trying to, you, you have a goal, you set a goal of what you're trying to go after on the front end. And as you prompt and get responses, the drift of the responses can take you in a direction. So sometimes you have to pull it back into the middle of the road. So give it some information, give it some context, give it, give it a goal and then constantly bring it back to where you're trying to go and then know when to when it's at a point of you're you're done prompting you're you're done I'll call it massaging the copy you're trying to build yeah but realize it's it's been trained and it's you know it needs course correction as you go interesting don't let it lead don't lead you down the wrong path always it, it wants you to correct it got it Last question I have on this that I want to ask you is what are what are some of the areas that you're excited of of putting chat GPT to use that you maybe haven't yet? Yeah, that's uh, I mean obviously integration uh, into existing platforms. So this capability finding itself into other platforms in the context of where content needs to be created in the moment, I think is is going to be really exciting. That's where you know we're starting to see organizations integrate it into their base platforms. And yeah, I think it's um, it finding its way into how we think about our technology, where it can augment and aid existing capabilities, because it's really, it's not the AI. It, I, I see generative AI as like, let's say we made software product or soft drink products. That's your product. The, the product is Coca-Cola as an example. Generative AI is a refrigeration that keeps the product cold, that allows you to transport it, ship it, and create a great experience of delivering your product into the hands of somebody who wants to drink a cold beverage. That's really what it is. So I think as soon as this thing starts to find its way into platforms, I think that's going to open up some really cool uh, capabilities. And then also the idea of being able to train on a, a single tenant, meaning you can do your own do your own single tenant training of a learning model, large language model. So you have your own, you know, it's not available to the public or, you know, it's not out in a, in the wild, so to speak, but you've got your own private training environment for, uh, for the, for the AI platform, large language model. Yeah, exactly. And are there, I mean, ChatGPT is obviously the, the right now it feels like is the, is the king of generative AI and AI in general. But are there other platforms that you are experimenting with or using in the in the AI or or more specifically generative AI space outside of ChatGPT? Oh yeah, absolutely. There's you know there's there's a lot you know those that are 
Well, I, I'm, I'm specifically curious of, sorry, sorry to interrupt, uh, specifically curious of like, because you, you're absolutely right. There's a lot and there's just a lot of noise and, you know, you, you jump in the tool and you're like, that sounds really cool. And then the outcome is like a little bit lukewarm or you're like, mm, not sure about this. Are there ones that, that, that are on your radar or, or you're uh, specifically playing with? Yeah, I mean, uh, um, like Mid Journey is pretty cool. Uh, I've been using that quite a bit. Dolly, of course, which is also very interesting. So outside of not just like text-based, but like images, video, which I knew is coming down the line, those are all like super interesting. So bimodal or you know multimodal generative AI platforms. Yeah, that's uh, it's a little bit mind blowing. I think that I think some folks are a little bit like, hey, let's slow down a little bit. Let's just get this thing right before we start letting it setting it loose on everything. But uh, yeah, just always experimenting with the different mode modes. Yeah, there's definitely a little bit of that going around. Okay. And I have a couple of rapid fire questions I want to ask, but before I dive into that, is there anything else that on ChatGPT, on the usage of ChatGPT and the applications of it that maybe we haven't touched on, you think it's important that I, I didn't ask? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting. And now this is a little bit of like a forward thinking dimension of it, but with these with generative AI, we're going to start to see content become programmatic. So programmatic content generation, meaning we'll be able to create and manage the content just like we used to do like programmatic marketing and you'd have, you know, place, you know, get your flights going and see it sort of consume dollars. We're going to see that same, that same thing happen with, with content as well. So there'll be a tying, you, you will start to tie content generation directly to discretionary spend. You know, as this, this, these full systems start to, to connect even more. I'll, I'm excited for that day. I think it's going to be pretty close. Can you elaborate yeah, a little bit, a little bit that, uh, between that connection of discretionary spend and content? Yeah. So as you think about uh, content needing to be generated, there's a cost of content generation. There's overhead costs. There's, you know, as content gets stored in with organizations, they store content in, They've got certain certain storage costs and fees related to their their ecosystem that they've got. You're going to start to see the the cost of content storage sort of be be programmatic and managed as well. You know whether that be you know the amounts of like terabytes, petabytes of that content being stored. It's really going to be a new dimension that uh, you know on the discretionary you know working and non-working sort of back office of of marketing that uh we'll be interested to see uh very interesting become more programmatic yeah i love it have you read the state of abm and apac report yet if you have you'll know that 59 percent of marketing leaders are intending to increase their abm investment in the coming year even bigger news is zero percent of survey respondents are going to decrease their investment it's an exciting time for ABM in the region. Discover the state of account-based marketing in APAC today. Download the full report at abm.xgrowth.com.au forward slash report. That's abm.xgrowth.com.au forward slash report. Ed, let's do some rapid fire questions. I got a couple of rapid fire questions I want to ask you before okay. we wrap up. So the first question I want to ask you is, what is one resource? This could be a book, a blog, a podcast, a talk, a, a video, whatever it is that has had a fundamental impact on the way that you work or you live. Absolutely. Yeah, it was an awesome book. 
I actually have it here. It's the Adapted Advantage. And I got this book during COVID. It was written by uh, Heather McGowan and Chris Shipley. It's like blew my mind. And this was, I think, yeah, a couple of years ago. They really talked about humans and machines thriving together and how we need to start thinking as humans, uh, how we'll uh, work differently. So yeah, the adaptive Ooh. advantage. That's very relevant as well. Okay, question two is if you could only give one piece of advice to B2B marketers, what would it be? One piece of advice. I think one of the things that's lost in becoming one of the best B2B organizations that you can have is, is confronting issues early. And that's not just for B2B marketers. It's with anything. It's because these little things can turn in these really big problems down the line. And so I think confronting, oh, this is, you know, something's going on the wrong direction or something is not happening to plan. And it's really confronting it and, and talking about it in a way that's, uh, it's going to course correct early. That, that's with everything in terms of when you think about, you know, organizations wanting to have very strong outlooks of their business. I think it's really confronting the small problems early before they become big is yeah. what I would say. Yeah. Confront issues early. And that's, that's such a great advice. Yes. And there you go. We, we yeah. kind of leave that to, uh, to, to the end and, and sometimes we're like, yeah, hey, it should be fine. Then blows up in our face. So, uh, great, right. Great point. And who are some of the influencers that you in the, in the B2B marketing space or in general, the marketing space you follow? Uh, yeah. I think one of the guys, gentlemen who I followed for a long time, is his name's Robert Rose. He leads the uh, the content advisory. It's been a huge fan of his works, his books, his podcasts. Yeah, Robert Rose is uh, phenomenal to consume his uh, his knowledge. Okay, okay, noted. Thanks for that. And then last thing is, what's and I and I have a feeling of what you're going to say, but I'm very curious at the same time. What's something that excites you about B two B today? Yeah, exciting. I, I'm really excited with you know, a very, I'm a very data-driven marketer and love to in very much about revenue and growth. And I'm still very excited about intent data. I think that's, uh, there's so much out there. My team is, has strategies built around first party, second party, third party intent sources. And, um, you know, because we're trying to generate revenue in the most efficient way. So I think I'm still very excited about intent data yeah primarily it this was an awesome conversation there's a lot of a lot of gold that you've um you dropped in this podcast so i just want to say thank you so much for for coming on the podcast and thanks thanks for your time yeah shaheen thank you so much i appreciate being here today's episode of growth colony was produced by alexander hipwell and liza maywald it was edited by dave Samido with additional editing by liza maywald and music arrangement by Alexander and Liza. Special thanks to Tina Wabe, we couldn't make the show without you. Growth Colony is hosted by Shaheen Hoda, Director of Growth at Xgrowth. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Do you think you'd be a great guest or just keen for a chat? Send through an email at podcast at xgrowth.com.au. That's podcast at xgrowth.com.au. That's all for now. We'll catch you next week right here on Growth Colony.